You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Hey, Mary, you know, there's a quote, and I, I love how quotes get misattributed. This one is sometimes given to Ernest Hemingway, sometimes Abraham Lincoln, Mark Twain. I even heard somebody once say this in the Bible, which it's not. But the quote is worthwhile now. The quote is, it's better to remain silent at the risk of being thought a fool than to talk and remove all doubt of it. That sounds very Mark Twain. Yeah, it sounds Mark Twain. It's not. It actually comes from a man named Maurice Switzer. Mm -hmm. I swear to God. But... That's not even the crucial part. It, it, Mark Twain should have said it. Yes. But you know who should have said it was anybody in the Trump campaign should have said, Mr. President, we know you turned down the debate. Uh, Joe Biden's going to go ahead and do a uh, town hall. Listen, why don't you stay home, relax. Go to Grand Rapids. You always like that. Have a rally or something. But whatever you do, do not go on NBC in a one-on-one format where you always screw up. Remember Chris Wallace and Jonathan Swan with a reporter of the quality of Savannah Guthrie. Don't do it, sir. Don't you think? So do you know how it came about that NBC agreed to do that at the same time? Because ABC's was already scheduled with Biden and NBC did get some negative feedback on that. In fact, I got a text from somebody that said, I will never watch NBC again. Um, I and I have no idea. You know, of course, he Trump always sees NBC as like the enemy. And did he agree also to Savannah Guthrie, who I thought did a really good job? Um, so I'm just kind of like interested on the backstory on that, and I don't know that. I'm going to give you a partially informed answer. Okay. But understand, this is only partially informed. From what I've read, the Trump campaign insisted on it. They wanted it. And they wanted uh, a major network and... So the choice then is NBC or ABC because nobody thinks CBS is a major network. See, that was a great. <laughs> yeah, I know, that, that was, was a great joke. Oh my god, <laughs> that was kind of stupid. Really, I, I've never thought they were a major network since they ran like Green Acres and Petticoat Junction. But back so because Trump was going to judge this all in terms of ratings. NBC rationalized them to themselves. Now, I'm on solid footing here that they had done a town hall for Joe Biden in Miami. This is all very, very similar. They knew they were getting squeezed on when it was. They knew because their high-priced talent, Rachel Maddow, was telling them that publicly that they should not have done this. I think what NBC got on there, and now I'm really making this up, is they said, okay, but we get to put one of our superstars, Savannah Guthrie. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Trump always thinks, no big deal. I can handle anybody. He's not even a guy, for God's sake. Uh, But somebody on the campaign should have thought that through. Honestly, I mean, 
because he I'm sure he did beat the ratings with Biden's because it was a much better show. One, because Savannah Guthrie did a good job, even though he, he called her cute at one point. And he didn't call her yeah. exactly, but the questioning. Um, but she went on at him pretty hard on some issues. I think it was in the, exactly the same place that the Biden uh, town hall that NBC had been. It was. It was and that was part of NBC's uh, rationalization of it is this is a totally level playing field. We did the same place, same thing, everything same. So, I mean, I watched it. I, I toggled you know, I went back and forth. And the this contrast was so stark because you, you'd go to Trump and he'd be like ranting and raving and lying. And then he'd go over to Biden and he was sitting and he's with George Stephanopoulos, which again is a, quite a contrast to when Trump was with George Stephanopoulos. And Biden is so calm. Now, he's not always that calm, but he was so calm, answered the questions. And then when he would like talk so much, and they go, I'm sorry, George, I'm going on. And mm -hmm. then George at one point had to cut him off, but he's so um, empathetic. And so he would say to people, now, did that answer your question? Or was that what you were looking for? It was very funny. It was kind of professorial in a way. But you know how Joe Biden also just like he rambles. I don't mm -hmm. really think that's an old guy thing. I think it's his personality. Ouch. Remember, I'm sitting right okay, here. All okay. right. An old person thing. <laughs> but I do think it's also a little bit how he copes with his um, stutter. Yeah. Because you can see him starting to go into a stutter and then he'll start talking about something else. But anyway, that was Biden. Trump, on the other hand, he cannot, his anger is just so, it's so, um, it's not deep. How about that? It's yeah. right on the surface. So whatever question Savannah was going to ask him, he was ready to explode. He was, but you know, it struck me that we were really seeing full Donald Trump in kind of his most desperate. And I'll tell you a part that, that struck me. I noticed two times that he said this. He said to Savannah, you and I are on the same side. I, they weren't. I mean, they clearly weren't. And what I took that to be is Trump trying to enlist her to try and say, you know, no, we don't need to be opponents here. I can win you over. Uh, Trump the salesman, uh, Trump the guy picking up women, whatever. And why I say it feels desperate is it's like Trump pulling on any trick he knew to try and get this thing to go well. And it was not going to go well. And I mean, I, he's a TV guy. I'm assuming that he, even he knew that. I don't know because, you know, he, he's like his own spinner after the fact. So I'm sure he's going to say it was great and he did great. Because the other place that I thought that is when she was asking him about Roe v. Wade. And, you know, he just would not commit to supporting to the repeal uh, for the court overthrowing um, Roe v. Wade. And first of all, that's against brand for him not his old new york self but his political candidate self his 2016 brand certainly and and why at this point wouldn't he say absolutely i have been committed i am committed 
it was a puzzling moment where was he trying to win back the the independence I actually couldn't figure out what he was doing, but he had he knew what he was doing. Yeah, but you know what I think he was doing? This is, you know, simply my old guy guess here. Uh, <laughs> is I think he was trying to be like Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I thought he was trying to say, you know, I've watched him. Uh, I've been sitting here. I've been watching this. She's getting good reviews. This is the answer. This is the good answer. I, I can't make any judgment about that because, uh, you know, a case of beer might come in front of me or something. Not him. He he doesn't drink. I think he thought he was being statesmanlike. And I'll tell you what I think. You know, we're told that the Biden campaign has money that they can't figure out what to do with. They have so much money. They can't figure out how to make enough ad buys. I'll tell you the ad buy I'd like to see is the New York Trump. And I don't know whether that was about... 20 years ago, it's hard for me to give a date, when he comes out clearly and firmly pro-choice. It's right there. Videotape Donald Trump. I would show that, and then I would show 2016, which I think was with Chris Matthews, when he said, no, we should put the women and the doctors in jail. We should imprison them, because he hadn't really figured out what he thought, and then put last night's waffling. And let's let the pro-life people take a look at this and say, there's your champion. There's your Messiah who is coming to save you. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great ad, actually, and show it, you know, on every website of the religious right and just, you know, demonstrate the hypocrisy of the whole thing. You know, their answer to that, John, and if you've read this anywhere, but it's basically... Um, God sends imperfect messengers. So Trump has done the right thing because he has given us these people who are going to overturn Roe, and that's really all we need. We don't really care what he's all about. You know the coolest thing about being a conservative Christian? You got an answer for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? It's like the greatest system. No matter what it is, we got an answer answer well, you, for it's true it's a, it's a it's an ends justifies the means way of living that i thought um coming up and you know being trained in a religious way was not right i mean yeah. wasn't weren't we like told that ends Absolutely. do not justify the means absolutely that's black letter catholic moral theology which i will not launch into today because among the other things I thought was incredible, and if this clip gets played, I cannot believe this plays uh, well, even with his base, is, listen, $400 million, that's, that's nothing. It's peanuts. It's no money at all. The fact of the matter is the only reason I borrowed it was to do a favor to the banks. Donald, for goodness sake. We know that nobody would lend to you except Deutsche Bank. We know your credit was in such problem with your, uh, with your companies that you had to personally guarantee this. No real estate guy wants to personally guarantee this. Don't sit up there and first tell me you're doing this as a favor to some lenders. And secondly, tell me that $400 million is peanuts and I don't care about it. 
Exactly. I mean, that was kind of like um, Mitt Romney that time saying, you know, that he was going to make a $10,000 bet. It was like $10,000. Okay, maybe I'll make a $10 bet. But, you know, I mean, it just it it demonstrated how out of touch he was. And that's the one thing that Trump has tried to do a good job. Like, I'm a rich guy and, you know, I'm a great businessman, but he's tried not to seem out of touch. And that, I thought, sounded like so out of touch. It's like, you know, I know a lot of wealthy people, but they don't think $400 million is jump change. That's how he sounded. And the other thing he did last night that I was just appalled by was on the QAnon. And I know he knew that was coming. He had to know that was coming. But he could not, he cannot disavow QAnon because... Those whack jobs think he's cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 the good guy in this. He's the hero who is saving everybody. I I mean he gave an identical answer to the QAnon thing in a press conference. I forget back a month or two months ago. Now, I mean we don't believe it, but assume for a minute that the president has never been briefed on QAnon. In that case, a whole lot of people in the White House and in the campaign need to be fired for malpractice. Of course he knows, and we know this has been his practice. Whether it's the Ku Klux Klan, David Duke, no matter what it is, I I don't know those people, I don't know. And then he does this awful pivot. I know they're against pedophilia, and I'm against, who out there is not against pedophilia? Right, and how do you know that's their thing if you don't know who they are? Yeah, Yeah. And I wanted Savannah Guthrie so badly to say, well, what about your friend, Jeffrey Epstein? I really wanted that to happen, but of course it did not. She's more disciplined than I would have been. Yeah. But I I was really bothered by that because that is signaling to them. It is. It absolutely is. And they are listening. I was able to see an interview uh, yesterday uh, interviewing a woman who was willing to show her face, apparently otherwise intelligent uh, woman, who is a believer in QAnon. And there was another gentleman as well doing this. Good perceptive uh, interview to the extent you can have a smart interview with somebody who believes in QAnon. And the the question that interested me the most was the interviewer said to her directly, do you believe the Democrats are engaged in rings of pedophilia. And the woman said, oh no, I think Republicans are too. Wait. Yes, you, I heard you do, that. Yeah, you don't disbelieve the incredible claim on the far end. You just say, well, no, but it's, it's probably everybody. Now, when somebody is that wound up in it, and I mean, let's say it, that wackadoodle about it, do they hear what he said last night and say it's a call to arms, of course they do. Absolutely. They're ready to join in with the Proud Boys and the Boogaloos. So do you think that, and I know we have to go, but do you think that that's part of the just anti-elitism? So that's why you can throw Republicans in there as well, which is fine with Trump because, you know, he doesn't like regular Republicans anyway. Is do you think that's what that is? Like this is how elites live. They 
get children and they eat them. And I, I could, I was so puzzled by that interview. And then the other thing they said, as someone at the reporter asked her, is, is there anything you could hear that would change your mind about that? And she said, no. And I was like, well, pretty far gone then. <laughs> okay. That takes, takes care of it. So with that, let's say a little prayer to St. Ben Sass, who suddenly like Paul on the way to Damascus was knocked off of his horse and has gone through a conversion experience. And I really feel good for him. Yep. All right, then. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Close on Ben Sassy. Bye. Bye now. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.